Welcome to the Crushing on Life podcast. I'm your host, Emma T. Fink. Managing your time can seem impossible, especially in this day and age. We all have a million things on our plate. I'm here to help you bring some order to it all. Each week, I'll be delivering you actionable tips that you can take to help manage your time, prioritize your tasks, and still take care of yourself. Before you know it, you'll be crushing on your life. Hey there, welcome to episode four of the Crushing on Life podcast. I'm your host, Emma Fink. Today, we're going to talk about something that all of us are guilty of, procrastination. Everyone has done it before. Some of you might have even cringed at the word because of how guilty you are of this, but it happens to everyone. Whether it's a college assignment, some cleaning project you've been meaning to tackle, or something else, you've definitely said these famous last words to yourself. I'll do it tomorrow. How many times have you said that? A million? Same. Here's my question to you, though. Out of all of the times you've said, I'll do it tomorrow, how many times have you actually done it tomorrow? Think about it. How many? A small, teeny tiny percentage of the times you said, I'll do it tomorrow, right? Procrastination happens to the best of us, but typically we're procrastinating things for a reason. So we have to ask ourselves why we're procrastinating the thing that we are. It's really useful to apply root cause analysis and find out really why you're doing what you're doing so that you can better solve the problem. If there's something that you have to do, but you keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off ad nauseum, it could be because of one of the five reasons I'm about to share with you. Reason number one is that you are dreading whatever it is you're procrastinating. Maybe this thing sucks and you have no interest in doing it, or you know that when you do it, the experience of doing it will be unpleasant. There's a lot of things that could potentially fall into this category, but one that is the culprit for a lot of people is household chores. An example for me is dishes. I loathe doing the dishes. I have ever since I was a kid. I don't know why, but that is my least favorite chore to do. So I am the master at procrastinating dishes. I will put it off as long as humanly possible. I will wash, like hand wash, forks and knives before I tackle the pile of dishes that is in my sink and then run my dishwasher. Like I am the master at it. So something that I have to take into consideration is why am I dreading this thing so much? Why am I dreading doing the dishes? Is it really going to be as awful and painful as I'm making it out to be? And this is a similar concept that you can apply with your own thing that you're dreading doing. So taking my dishes examples, how long is it actually going to take me to do those dishes? Even if I've got a pile of dishes in the sink, some on the counter and some on the stove, How long is that realistically going to take me? Probably 30 minutes tops. I live alone. Like, it's not going to be pots and pans everywhere. But it's not going to take that long. Procrastination in this situation also leads to overthinking and you're just psyching yourself out of it. But the more you put off the thing that you're dreading, the more time you're giving yourself to talk yourself out of it. Just freaking do it. I talked about this in a previous episode, but I think it's worth repeating. The one minute rule, which is if something will take you a minute or less, just do it now. 
I would even extend it to five minutes because how long is five minutes out of your day? It's five minutes, it's not that long. So if it takes five minutes or under, just do the thing already. But once you've finally done it and that big pile of dishes, physical or metaphorical, is finally out of the way, you will be so relieved that it's done. You're gonna take a sigh of relief and just feel like a weight is lifted off your shoulders, even if it is something as simple as doing the dishes. The second reason you might be procrastinating something is that the thing you're procrastinating is just so overwhelming. It's like you're standing at the bottom of a mountain and you have to climb it. You feel like you have to climb it all in one day. And so this task appears to be so insurmountable that you just don't even know where to start on it. And as a result, you don't start on it at all. A fun term that I've heard for this is analysis paralysis. It's fun because it rhymes, obviously. And the thing about overwhelming tasks is that I'll do it tomorrow can often turn into I'll do it eventually, which is even worse because eventually could mean this weekend or eventually could mean this decade. You never know for sure. Eventually is such a vague term. (laughs) Something I love doing with tasks that just feel so magnanimous that I don't even know where to start is to break it down. This doesn't even just have to apply to one giant project. This can apply to a long to-do list. Just break it up into little chunks. An example I have for this one is when my parents cleaned out their garage not too long ago. Their garage was full of stuff. Like literally, I have never seen a car put in that garage. There's way too much stuff in it. I'm talking so much stuff, it was hard to move around. Like it was hard to find anything. It was hard to get to the back of the garage. It was a lot. And so it was high time for a purge. But where do you start when your garage is just full of crap? That's where the lawnmower is kept. That's where a bunch of the outdoor toys are kept. That's where the bikes are kept. That's where stuff that is in storage is kept. There's so much stuff in there. Where do you even start? This is the part where you break it into sections. Every weekend until it was done, my parents would go out to the garage and organize one section of it. They wouldn't touch any other section of the garage. They would pick one section of it and just clean that. They would work on it until both of their big trash bins were full and then they would pick it up again after the next trash day. The trash cans being full was actually a really good stopping point because it made sure that they weren't trying to do too much at one time. And it's way more manageable to just be like, all right, today we're gonna clean out all of the toys in the garage or today we're gonna clean out all of the storage stuff in the garage Then, hey, we really have to clean the garage. So if you've got a task that feels just way too big, try chunking it into smaller pieces and then maybe set smaller milestones along the way so that by the time you're finished, it feels like it was no big deal. We'll get back to the episode in a minute, but I just wanted to tell you about a really cool resource that I created just for you. Do you constantly feel like you never have time to get everything done? Do you find yourself losing sleep to catch up on tasks? Do you find yourself chained to your job with no time to take care of yourself which often leads to burnout and overwhelm? If you said yes to any of these questions, I've got the perfect guide for you. Introducing the Prioritization Pyramid. This four-step process will help you prioritize the different elements of your life so that you have time for everything you need and want to do, and you won't have to sacrifice sleep to do it. 
This is the same formula that I used to earn a 3.5 GPA at one of the world's most rigorous universities while having enough time to pursue my passions and get enough sleep every night. The best part? This guide is totally free. So if you're ready to kiss burnout goodbye, head over to emmatfink.com guide and grab your copy of the Prioritization Pyramid. That's emmatfink.com guide. All right, back to the episode. Reason number three is that you don't actually have to do the thing that you're putting off. This ties into episode two where I talked about things you don't actually have to do. It might not be apparent right away whether or not you actually have to do the thing you're procrastinating. You might be under the impression that you have to, but you need to really evaluate whether or not you have to do this thing. Societal pressure is a big factor in some of the things that we think we have to do. It could be convincing you that you have to do something that you actually don't, or it could be a friend or family member expecting you to do something that you don't necessarily want to do. And so you keep telling them, oh, I'm working on it and I'll get it to you later. I'm just going to be really real and really blunt right now. If you don't have to do it and you don't want to do it, then don't do it. This is kind of a random example, but say your friend keeps trying to get you to get a tattoo with them because, you know, all the cool kids have tattoos and your friend has like 17 tattoos, but you keep making excuses like, oh, I just need to figure out what I want to get or I'm saving up the money for it. But like, if it's been a year, you probably don't want to get a tattoo. Nobody's forcing you to get a tattoo, not even your friends. You shouldn't have to do something you don't want to do just because someone else wants you to do it. Even if your friend or family member asked you to do some kind of favor for them, reevaluate what is happening to your energy by having this favor on your conscience. Is it detracting from it or is it adding to it? If it's weighing on your conscience that much, it's probably doing negative things for your overall well-being and mental health. So either tell them that, okay, I'm sorry, I really need to protect my energy and my own well-being, so I can't do this thing for you, or do it this time, but if they ask you to do it again, tell them, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that for you. Plus, I'm sure your friend would understand if you told them that you didn't actually want to get a tattoo and they would stop pressuring you. If they don't do that, then they're not a real friend, but that is a discussion for another time. Number four is there's a set deadline for this thing and you are pushing it to the absolute limit. Where are you at, college kids? I know you do this. Let's face it, deadlines can be both advantageous and detrimental to us. On the one hand, they give us an estimate for when something is due, which can help us in planning out when we'll do the work for it. On the other hand, deadlines can make us think, well, it's not due until this day, so I've still got plenty of time to work on it. Do you remember that thing that you would always ask your friends if there was a homework assignment due in like two days, but you it was assigned a week ago and you'd be like, hey, did you start this yet? And then you would all feel better when none of you had started it yet. That's kind of what I'm talking about right here. And a lot of the times you think you have plenty of time to work on it until you don't. And then you're stuck haphazardly doing the thing right before it's due. When I think of this reason for procrastination, the number one thing I think of is college assignments, particularly essays. It's like a stereotype that college kids wait until the absolute last minute to start doing essays. There were so many people at my university who were like, oh, the essays due at midnight? I'll start it at 9 p.m. that day. Not only does this put an incredible amount of pressure on you, but you cannot possibly turn in something worthy of a decent grade if you start it that close to the deadline. 
This is a super common form of procrastination, especially in college students, and it can be solved simply by planning ahead. If you're type B and you just shriveled back into your turtle shell, come back out and stick with me because planning doesn't have to mean writing everything down in a planner all color-coded. Typically, deadlines don't just get dropped on us. Deadlines are communicated a little bit in advance. In fact, in some classes, they just give you the whole syllabus of due dates at the beginning of the semester. I would take those and write down all of them in my planner. Sure, some of them changed, but at least I had some kind of ballpark of when all of the big projects would be due. As soon as possible after you get that due date for something, write it down, mark it in a digital calendar, or if your planner works better, mark it in there. But I prefer a digital calendar because then you get some kind of reminder the day that it's due. Then, based on your current schedule, plan in time when you're going to work on it. Plan to have it done a few days before the due date so that you have room for emergencies that may pop up in the meantime. Take your whole schedule into account if you have a specific work schedule and a specific class schedule and different other things that you have to do. Put those all in a calendar and then see what empty blocks of time you have and carve out some of those to dedicate solely to those projects. I didn't even just use this method for homework assignments and essays in college. I would use this for studying for tests as well. I would write down when all of the exams were and then I would look at how much time I had to study and probably when I should start studying. And so typically I would start studying for an exam about 10 days before the actual exam started. That way I gave myself plenty of time and I didn't find myself cramming on the night before the exam only to forget everything I had just studied when I got into the test room. And to the type B people who are still in their turtle shells, it doesn't have to be massive amounts of time. You can just like find an hour here or there to work on your project or your homework assignment. Even if you don't think you're someone that can benefit from planning, it is so much easier to lay out your whole schedule and see when you can actually work on things than just trying to decide off the top of your head when you're gonna work on something. And then when you plan to work on something during a certain time, stick to it. Pretend like each of those times you plan to work on the thing are miniature deadlines. You can't miss the final deadline and so you can't miss these smaller deadlines either. You could try to have XYZ draft of your essay done by a week before it's due and then maybe a second draft on three days and then your final draft, turn it on the day it's due. That's just an example, whatever time frame works for you. But you will feel so much more relieved and confident in your work when you finish it well before the deadline. Giving yourself plenty of time to work on it will ultimately decrease your stress about it. You might even find yourself wondering why you were putting this thing off in the first place. It could be a combination of reason number one with that dread in there. And then you do it and you're like, why was I so concerned about this essay? I finished it really quickly. But instead of learning that you could finish it quickly three hours before it was due, you could be learning this multiple days before it's due so that you can have a little bit of breathing room and even make some last minute tweaks if you want to. And the fifth reason you might be procrastinating is that this thing doesn't have a deadline at all. I found this example to be more dangerous than the one with a solid deadline that gets pushed to its limit because if the thing you're procrastinating doesn't have a deadline at all, it can get pushed back indefinitely and that is not good. 
This type of procrastination happens to me the most with larger cleaning projects. I'm not talking about regular cleaning, like cleaning the bathroom or vacuuming and stuff like that. I'm talking about like, oh, I have to clean out my closet. I have to organize my makeup stash. Like I have to do these things that don't have to get done, but I really want to get them done. And realistically, I don't have to do those at any specific time. I can do those whenever I want. And so therefore, uh, I still haven't cleaned out my closet in a minute. And this is where self-imposed deadlines can come in handy. Having your own deadlines for things or even just setting time-bound goals can light a fire under your butt to get that thing done. An example I really like to use for this is from my friend Jenna Moresi. I will have her channel linked in the show notes. She is an author tuber and a best-selling author, and she just does a lot of amazing stuff. And what she does is she makes a list of 10 to 20 goals every quarter that she wants to accomplish. And so she aims to complete at least half of them by the end of the quarter. So none of these things officially have a deadline, but she gives them a deadline so that they get done. One time we were talking about quarterly goals and I laughed a little bit when she told me that she had get a haircut on her list of goals for a quarter because between all of her novel writing goals and audience building goals, it seems sort of trivial. And then she told me, if I don't make it a quarterly goal, it'll never get done. So if you keep something on your radar with this goal, then it's more likely to get done. Basically, if it's been on your to-do list for more than a few months, Try to fit it into your calendar, make an appointment for it, treat it like any other deadline, because let's be real, if you don't do that, when is it gonna get done? Eventually, and remember what I said about eventually, that's really vague. So those are my five reasons that you might be procrastinating, and I threw in a couple of tips to maybe overcome it, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share this with anyone that you think would enjoy it or might benefit from it. And if you're really enjoying these episodes, please make sure to subscribe so that you get a notification whenever I upload a new episode, which I will be doing regularly on Mondays. Also, I want to know where you're listening from, so take a screenshot of this episode and post it on your Instagram stories and make sure to tag me at Emma T. Fink so I can see it and repost you. That is it for today. Thank you for tuning in and I will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Crushing on Life podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode and all other episodes at emmatfink.com slash podcast. If you're new here, please consider subscribing so you never miss a new episode. Until next time, keep working toward a life you can crush on.